welcome to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. I'm your host, Lauren Edelstein with North Star Meetings Group. Eventful, the podcast, is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with people in our business about topics that really should be on your radar. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. Last year, we saw a surge of public interest on climate change. For the creation of a sustainable meetings industry, it is vital that events reduce their carbon emissions. But how can we accomplish this goal when travel, consumption, and waste are usually integral components of gatherings of people? This edition of Eventful was produced as part of the Better Meetings, Better Future initiative between North Star Meetings Group and Positive Impact Events. Listen in as global experts on this critical topic discuss practical ways event professionals can reduce carbon emissions, the role carbon offsetting can play, and how lowering carbon emissions can help achieve the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Hello to all listeners. I'm Kaylee from Positive Impact Events, a not-for-profit which provides engagement, education and collaboration opportunities to create a sustainable event industry. Miguel and Michael, would you like to introduce yourselves, where you work and what you do? Thank you very much, Kaylee. My name, uh, as uh, mentioned, is Miguel Naranjo and I work for the UNFCCC Secretariat based in Bonn, Germany. Uh, My work focuses on engaging what we call uh, non-party stakeholders, meaning everyone who is not a national government or a party to the Climate Change Convention, the UNFCCC. Hello, good morning. My name is Michael Schneider. I'm working for the International Air Transport Association, better known as IATER. And for those of you that don't know IATER, we are a trade association for the world's airlines. We formulating industry policies. Are we working on critical aviation issues, such as the environment? And really, my focus is on carbon offsetting in particular, uh, but also environmental data systems. So we're collecting a large amount, a large amount of environmental data. Thank you, Bay. In 2019, for Global Meetings Industry Day, we did a webinar with four amazing young people who had been joining the Fridays for Future climate protests from their homes in Hong Kong, Scotland and England. We asked them about what they thought of travelling to a conference in the future. And of course, we explained that that would mean being able to see your friends, being able to learn new information, collaborate and maybe even get a pay rise from your actions. Their response surprised even us because they immediately and clearly said, no, I wouldn't ever get on a plane for my work because that is saying my work is more important than the planet and it is not. Then to prove that isn't a one-off situation, we spoke to a journalist at an industry event late last year and he told us how the night before he had traveled, his eight-year-old son had been begging him not to fly. These stories are likely to become more common but international events rely on the global community attending. So the first question is, what would you say that event professionals should say to their children who are asking them not to fly for work? We certainly need to recognize the environmental impact of flying. I think there's no doubt about that. But we should not forget, I mean, aviation is really also a force of good. Um, It actually connects people, it brings people together. It allows young people to study abroad. Um, They can see their families. They can see opportunities and what about them in their lives. Aviation is not an enemy. I mean, the impact is is real, but the flight that you take today produces half as much as CO2 emissions 
as the same flight uh, would be 30 years ago. And what really gives me confidence is the fact that we as an industry, having actually a clear pathway, and I, I, I reckon that many people actually don't really know about it because we haven't been really great in communicating this to the, to the outside world. And, and this pathway really sets out how we can reduce the envi environmental impact from flying. And, and actually this pathway is really linked to some environmental targets, which I hope we can maybe talk about um, uh, later on. And, and there's of course some concrete action on how we can achieve um, those different targets. While we as an industry look for a solution to reach the impact, each of us can do their part as well. If we can, for example, compensate our emissions. I think that's really the discussion we wanted to have today. Um, by really investing in high quality emissions reduction, or there's something else that we can do. Actually, we can invest in sustainable aviation fuels, which is perhaps less unknown um, really to the public. Thank you, Michael. What about you, Miguel? I think uh, from my side, maybe the first thing to say to an eight-year-old or a young person who is uh, raising this concern is, uh, well, first to acknowledge uh, their concern. It's important to acknowledge the, their voice and, and their concern. Um, then uh, I think Michael has made a very good point already that face-to-face -face meetings uh, have, in many cases, no suitable replacement and the interaction in person with others about any topic that you want to mention has enormous value. Does UNFCC Secretariat look to find industries that are having the greatest carbon impact and have or will they assess the carbon impact of the global event industry? And by that we mean sport events, cultural and business events. In engaging with, with other stakeholders, private sector, academia, etc., and in particular in this case the events industry, uh, the secretariat itself does not select which sector should be approached. Uh, we do not go around and assess these are the main emitters and therefore we are to engage with them more actively. Uh, not really. We call all sectors to act. Everyone has to do something and everyone has to do it now. There is no other option. To, so uh, we try to mobilize everyone and not only specific sectors. Now having said that, indeed we have established some specific initiatives with some sectors that expressed their willingness and their interest in collaborating more directly with us to try to, to improve their environmental performance in particular with regards to climate change. So we have one initiative for the sports sector uh, one for the fashion uh, industry and one for the travel and tourism sector with the World Travel and Tourism Council. Uh, so what we do with them is try to support them and provide advice uh, to, and as well as the convening power of the, of the secretariat to mobilize their sectors. But they are initiatives that are owned by them. Uh, they themselves set the agenda in, in collaboration with us in a, with uh, advice from our side, but they own the initiatives, they set their targets and their agenda, and we support them in trying to, to move it forward. Now, the events industry in particular, we have been also in touch for, for a while now, and we hope to also be able to launch a dedicated initiative uh, in the near future to support all of the stakeholders there, also to transition to, to low carbon. But it is very important to, to remember that uh, even if there are some dedicated initiatives, 
Uh, every sector of society, everyone has to do something uh, as, as much as they can, and they need to do it now. We have potentially 10 years left before we reach the 1.5 degree limit uh, for global warming, beyond which the continued existence of our society is not certain. So if we want to make sure that our society continues to exist in the way that we know it today, in the future, if you want to make sure that your company continues to operate and to generate profit as it does today in the future, we need to act now. Everyone needs to do, to do that. Miguel, could you shed any light on the global share of carbon emissions from different sectors? Uh, thank you. So actually, I don't have the numbers at hand, uh, but what I can tell you is uh, more relevant to, to the uh, to the events industry. Uh, I, I haven't seen a specific number for the events industry. I don't think it exists, but you correct me, Kaylee, if I'm, if I'm mistaken. But related to the events industry, the, the travel and tourism sector, which is uh, uh, clearly linked, uh, very close to, to the events industry, yeah. they represent around 8% of global emissions. So it's a, a very significant, uh, very significant percentage of, of, of uh, the total emissions of our society, which means also that there is a great potential to, to reduce in many cases. Um, yeah, so it's around 8%. Uh, and another thing to keep in mind is if we are looking at numbers is uh, that 8% of emissions represents also around 10% of the global GDP. Uh, it represents around one in 10 jobs around the world. And uh, it's particularly important in developing countries where uh, tourism tends to be a much bigger share of the, the total GDP than in developed countries. So what I'm trying to say is travel and tourism and events industry, which is uh, very closely linked, they support a lot of the economic activity and the well-being of communities, and in particular in developing countries. So it's very important that we try to find uh, ways to reduce emissions without uh, hurting those industries. This is the challenge that we all face. We need to change uh, the way we do things, but we need to continue. So we we need to continue doing that, just in a in a more sustainable manner. Um, and this links, I think, to the first question, should we stop flying? No, we should not stop flying. That's not the, the solution. We need to fly more sustainably. And potentially, yes, we need to fly when we really need to. But travel and tourism, uh, flying for tourism, flying for work, is also very important because it supports so many jobs and the well-being of so many families around the world. So, yes, uh, there is a significant climate and, and, and beyond environmental impact from, from these activities, but uh, there is also an enormous social benefit. So we have to, uh, to work to achieve the SDGs, the, the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, uh, which are exactly about that, ensuring that everybody continues to have or ha is able to achieve uh, um, uh, um, uh, a fair uh, level of well-being without compromising uh, our, our future and our children's future. Thank you. Many people listening to this podcast will be wanting to know what action they can take to lower their events. 
carbon footprint. They'll be looking for a one size fits all recommendation and action, which any event professional could take and it would be right. However, often the carbon footprint of your event is very personal to that event. For example, you could have uh, some uh, washable cups, which actually is reusable, but then may increase the carbon footprint. And I think um, Michael, uh, one of your colleagues was telling me about how on airlines, they don't have metal um, cutlery because that actually increases the carbon footprint, even though it's reusable and there's less waste. So what would you say about that trying to navigate lowering the carbon footprint and making your event more sustainable but it depends on so many factors there's really a great number of things we all can do to reduce our carbon footprint on a daily basis for example taking public transport whenever there's possibility or actually taking the train and i'm saying this as an airline person and there's definitely a lot of occasions where train travel makes sense in particular short distance travel uh, in, in Europe, for example, we are very well equipped. Um, and Switzerland is a very good example. I mean, it's a, it's a train railway country. Uh, it, it, it is so, so, it's so great to, um, to, to take the train here. There's no need to take a flight from, from Geneva to Zurich. We would definitely advocate um, this way of, um, of, of travel. Um, but we also need to bear in mind that in some instances, uh, in some parts of the world, this is kind of difficult. And then... In addition to this, really passengers, like Miguel said, have choices um, to compensate um, the air travel by using different um, offset programs. Um, these are often offered in the case of airlines at the point of ticket purchase. Um, there's a number of, um, quite a big number of online um, providers. Um, so we'd recommend to use a reputable offset retailer that can where well, you can choose also the number the projects that you feel um that make a difference and and some of the airlines have now started offering the investment in in those fuels that i mentioned the sustainable fuels which in my view that would be really my my preference i think it's a great alternative to to offsets and actually I, what we realized is um i mean offsets is, is a very difficult commodity to make people understand how this works it's a bit technical, it's intangible, you cannot touch it, cannot feel it. Uh, when you talk about biofuels, it's something everyone can sort of connect with. Um, we know it from cars, um, from automotive sectors, um, those, those biofuels. So this is something that I, I'm a great advocate of those, uh, f those fuels. Um, of course, they have to be sustainable and, and, and there's very stringent criteria uh, for the industry. And by investing in those uh, synthetic fuels, um, the airlines make basically a commitment to use that fuel in their commercial operation. And with this, they can actually reduce um, the life cycle emissions up to 80% over the use of conventional fossil fuels. So it, it really makes a difference using those fuels, even so they are still a, a kind of rare commodity and, and uptake is relatively low because there's not enough produced of those fuels. I see this as, as as a great opportunity in the future and and, and a way of um, yeah yeah reducing your, your your carbon footprint so everyone can at one point be will be able to to invest in those fuels. Thank you, Michael. Um, in August two thousand nineteen, we worked with UN Sustainable Development Goal Action to modify their MyWord survey for the event industry, which was the first time this UN survey was modified for an industry. 
We asked people to identify what sustainable development goal they felt was of immediate concern to the event industry, and 60% of participants said SDG 13, climate action. We also asked participants to make a sustainability commitment, which gathered over 7,000 commitments from 58 countries. While this area is challenging, we pride ourselves at positive impact events in sharing best practice and incubating ideas, which may seem crazy at first, but then become normal. So I think, Michael, you've given us some very good suggestions about what you can do to address your carbon footprint. So Miguel, do you have any other suggestions of what people can do? I think one of the main things that anyone can do uh, to try to uh, reduce their uh, carbon footprint is to use renewable energy to, to help transition our energy matrix to a renewable one. Uh, we need to leave fossil fuels behind as soon as possible. Uh, that means in uh, the next decade or a few more decades, uh, if our society is going to survive. All our electricity, uh, heating, needs to come from renewable sources. And our transportation as well needs to be carbon free. So if you have the option, and I hear, I hear uh, what uh, Michael was saying, we need to remember that the reality is different in different countries in the world, so we have to keep that in mind. So if you have the option to choose uh, renewable energy as your source of electricity, as your source of heating, if you have the resources to change to an electric car that will be charged with carbon-free electricity, renewable energy, uh, do that. The, the majority of our emissions globally comes from energy, uh, energy use. So it, anything that you can do to change the energy that you pay for uh, to renewable one is uh, one big, uh, big ticket, uh, big, big item. Look to, uh, to do everything that you can to repair, reuse, recycle, uh, putting as little as possible in the category of trash to be thrown out at, at the end of the day. This, uh, this concept of circular economy is, is very powerful and we do need to move to a circular uh, society uh, also to address climate change, but the other sustainable development goals uh, as well. So now we get to your annual conferences. So UNFCC has uh, COP as your key annual conference. And do you communicate to your delegates about how they can lower their carbon footprint? And if so, what do you encourage them to do? Uh-huh, thank you. Yes, indeed, we have these uh, COPs, the Conference of the Parties is what they mean. It's the global meeting of uh, national delegates uh, representing each government who is a party to the Climate Change Convention. And it's the uh, meeting where they come to uh, negotiate on, on the Climate Change Convention and reach agreements, uh, plus giving us, uh, the Secretariat, uh, our mandates for the next period of, of work. Uh, so it's, um, it's a very valuable opportunity also for everyone who is not involved in the uh, negotiations because uh, it's excellent for networking, um, to, to find new partners, uh, learn about what others are doing, uh, uh, synergize to try to find uh, common solutions to, to climate change. So they are very big. Um, we typically have in the range of 25 to 30,000 people coming to these meetings uh, over the course of two weeks. So they are quite big and they have a, a significant impact also in terms of uh, environmental and social issues. 
So each, maybe the first thing to say is that each COP is uh, planned in a way that uh, tries to make it as sustainable as possible. And this is done in collaboration with the government that is hosting the COP. Uh, most recently, for example, Spain, and this year in November um, in Scotland, the, the UK government. So the, from the beginning, the planning includes as many sustainability considerations as possible. Uh, for example, uh, reduced use of paper. We have tried to do paperless meetings, but it's a uh, uh, it has been impossible to avoid paper together altogether, of, although we have reduced uh, enormously the, the, the amount. So reduced use of paper, uh, using only reusable materials, trying to avoid uh, one-use materials, facilitating use of public transport to anyone coming to these meetings, increased proportion of vegetarian and vegan meals, uh, you know, recycling of all waste produced, uh, anything you want to, uh, to, to, to include, plus also social aspects or accessibility aspects you know, for, um, for people with different types of disabilities, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have provided uh, increased means of virtual participation so as a way to also try to uh, give options not to fly or not to travel there. Uh, many, many of the events, most of the events you can actually see, uh, at least official events, you can see uh, online through, through our webcast. So yes, um, the, the conference itself is planned to be as sustainable as possible from, from the moment the planning starts, which is basically the moment the previous COP finished. <laughs> <laughs> and now regarding the, the travel of delegates, uh, or the delegates themselves, we, we do two things. One, at the conference, if you have been at one, you, you, you will know uh, there is information about the different initiatives that are being taken to try to make it sustainable, and we invite you to help us do it. Uh, the most visible one is, of course, waste, because we need the help of everyone to separate the waste at the point of collection so they can be properly uh, managed afterwards. So you have information about sustainability all over the place, and there is a dedicated sustainability a section in the information package for delegates so that they know what we are doing, what the host government is doing, and they help us uh, do it better. Thank you, Miguel. So I think Miguel gave us lots of ideas on what um, delegates to the COP can do to lower their carbon footprint. The Michael, of course, IATA has their AGM, um, I think it was mm -hmm. Amsterdam. Is there anything that you do that Miguel hasn't said? Well, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, it, it's quite quite similar, I have to admit. Um, of course, we have not only the AGM, there's other very large conferences, like the Fuel Annual Fuel Conference, it's the mm. Passenger Agency Conference. Those are really big conferences. And um, yes, the AGM is really our biggest uh, conference because it draws our entire membership. Um, it's really considered to be our largest event. Um, we're also trying to make these events as climate neutral as possible. Uh, using um, renewable materials, avoiding maybe plastic if possible. And then what we do is we offset, IATA offsets on behalf of all the delegates that are arriving by air travel, um, the carbon footprint. Um, so we do that, um, investing in high quality projects, but also then when it comes to energy use and all the other um, emissions that could be, um, whether it be cooling or heating, we would offset it as well. Um, what I find even more important is that we now um, 
also communicating these efforts to our delegates so to make them more aware and conscious of of those things um we have to understand at, at the age of it's it's all the ceo so it's all the big guys attending and what is interesting to see now that environment has really moved up the agenda it's incredible i mean there were so many other topics we used to discuss during those um, meetings annual meetings um, safety is still number one of course because we have to make sure that we um, operating our aircraft and equipment safely and and we're doing that pretty good um, but um, environment hasn't been really that much in the past on, on the forefront but now it's actually priority number two right after safety safety will always be number one there's no doubt about that yeah. but environment has become the number two priority for the industry which is incredible yeah to see that when i started 10 years ago in the environment department we were sort of like a niche uh, group of people that was looking at us and like what are you guys doing there tree huggers or i don't know what they called us and and this has changed so much uh, our department is growing because there's so much demand airlines um, asking for help requesting our assistance and it's great to see the the importance is now that's put on this and then this forum the agm has now become the place where we then also agree on those those climate targets and and for example last year we reaffirmed um, this commitments to our targets so we are on track and we want to really um, make it happen and and there's another um, new um, pledge that has been made is really the investment and use of sustainable aviation fuels because that's really the the the, the most promising and, and most important way or the best way for us to to ensure that we keep our emissions in check and there's quite some developments and, and 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 of course the investment can be done because it's still a niche product it's it's quite expensive um comparison to to um, um fossil fuel but uh, as more investment has happened as more uptake is happening economy of scale kick in and can see the prices for uh, for those what we call saf sustainable aviation fuel is really coming down so it's for in in other words also this event is for us a, a good way of you know getting our message across apart from making this a carbon neutral event, if possible. Mm. Thank you, Michael. So in this conversation- And Kaylee, one comment from my side, you know, I actually forgot to mention that <laughs> for our COPs, also the national government, the host government, uh, they have been, uh, or now it's, uh, now it's a part of the requirements of organizing a, a COP, that they, in the end, uh, estimate the emissions that were produced and they compensate. So, uh, indeed, uh, I forgot to mention that a uh, little bit. So, during 2019, Positive Impact Event submitted an acceleration action to the UN Sustainable Development Goals Summit. This was basically submitting ideas on how events could be used to further progress achieving the UN SDGs. As part of this work, we reviewed the UN SDGs and their targets in detail. And there was one target which really resonated with what the global event industry does. That was Sustainable Development Goal 4, Quality Education for All, and Target 4.7, by 2030, ensure all learners acquire knowledge and skills needed to promote sustainable development. And of course, events create a unique environment of learning and inspiration. So I think we've talked a lot about what event attendees could be educated on uh, when they come to events on how to lower their carbon footprint. But are there any resources that you would recommend to be able to do this? Um, Michael, do you have any resources? 
I mean, on the internet, you find, first of all, I mean, when it comes to your carbon footprint, um, there's a number of um, calculators, carbon calculators, and often provided by airlines. Um, they would be certainly using their own um, data, their own um, performance information, their own fuel use to calculate the farm carbon footprint. So you would get basically the most accurate calculation. Um, there are other, there's the UN calculator, the ICAO calculators, which is the um, International Civil Aviation, uh, Aviation Organization, basically dealing with civil aviation on, on, on the UN level, um, which offers um, a global calculator using model data, providing also a good insight in terms of carbon footprint. And actually, if you um, have the time to visit IATA's webpage, there's a whole range of information that educate um, people about um, and the public about climate mitigation, sort of the initiatives that happening um, and the industry involved is. And then there's also ATAC. Most people don't know this organization. It's the Air Transport Action Group, um, which is actually an assist organization. Um, who communicates on behalf of all the industry players, not only airlines, so also includes airports, engine manufacturers, um, all the other players um, that uh, make the whole um, infrastructure of, of the industry. And, and they, their website provides really a wealth of information and showcases a great number of, of real life examples about helping um, which um, wh where you can see what sort of type of climate mitigation is happening. And it's really a great way of, of educate yourself. And then, of course, I mean, there's always the possibility to reach out directly. And we get um, quite a number of requests from, from, from students that sort of work in this or, or researching in this arena. So we, we work closely with universities um, to, to really um, give our input and, and help wherever we, we can. Thank you, Michael. Uh, so Miguel, do you have any other resources that um, event professionals can go to to educate themselves on lowering their carbon footprint? Uh, thank you. I think uh, very quickly, uh, I can think of uh, the Events Industry Council's uh, Sustainable Events Standards. Um, the standards are quite comprehensive and go beyond carbon footprint, but they have a lot of choices or they, they talk about a lot of choices and, and a process to make events more sustainable in general. So definitely it includes uh, aspects of uh, carbon footprint. And then um, they have just included an, a section, an explicit section on climate action. So you can, as an event professional, look at that section in particular if you, if you want to see carbon footprint related information. Then you also have um, ISO uh, 2121, which is the sustainable events uh, standard. Uh, again, this is more about managing a process to make events sustainable. doesn't give you specific pointers on how to reduce your carbon footprint, but the systems uh, thinking that ISO uses is, is very useful, so I could also recommend that. Uh, plus, I believe you, know, you guys, positive impact uh, events, you have a very good database of best practices and examples that can be shared. So uh, you are a source of resources. Um, and in addition, there are many other organizations or many organizations in the events industry working on this. I could drop some names, by, but rather not because um, you always forget someone. But many event organizers themselves are very active on sustainability and climate in particular. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, looking a little bit in the community and there are many good examples already. 
Thank you, Miguel. And our best practice sharing uh, library is Share a Positive Impact, which you can go on through our website. So today we've discussed carbon offsetting, we've discussed practical actions you could take to lower your carbon footprint. So I hope all listeners um, really enjoyed this uh, podcast. I think there's some clear call to actions. Uh, go to the resources that Miguel and Michael have said, educate yourselves on lowering your carbon footprint and also go to the event industry, My World Survey, have your say in how the event industry can achieve the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and make a sustainability commitment yourself at events.myworld2030.org. Thank you, Michael and Miguel, for your time today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review us and check back for new episodes soon.